0: How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer Weekend Variety Show for Saturday, November the sixth. Hello, my friends. Hope we're doing extraordinarily well. And uh, today, I want to talk about gaming company acquisitions. Now, this is a big topic. I can't possibly cover everything, but there's a few things I want to talk about because I think it's a very interesting topic, especially because we've been seeing a lot of them, both 2021, 2020, and really in the last decade. The consolidation of the industry is happening very fast in a lot of different sectors. Of course, it's happening constantly in the mobile industry because there's so many companies and so much money to make there. On a smaller scale, there's many acquisitions happening in the tech sector like VR and AR and the underlying systems which support gaming. And then, of course, there is the, shall we call, headliner acquisitions of a game developer being acquired by another game developer. And there's so many of these, I couldn't possibly list them all, but... You think of, like, the Embracer Group, who is doing constant acquisitions. Microsoft recently got ZeniMax. And a couple of years ago, many, many studios to build out the Xbox Game Studios. Recently, a bunch of indie studios have been gobbled up by companies like CD Projekt and Take-Two. Devolver Digital. And then, of course, there's the big companies that are doing this all the time. Tencent, EA, Zynga. And I think something that we hear a lot is that, in general... An industry consolidation is a bad thing, because the more competition that you have between companies, the more freedom that various companies have, the better off it is for the gamer. And I do think by and large that is true. If there's just six companies making video games and they're all just competing with each other, then none of them are going to be all that concerned about releasing a super high quality game. The competition is limited. But if you have 5,000 companies, then you you really have to stick out amongst them all. I think the other interesting discussion from that point of view comes with public companies, companies on the stock market. Because if they acquire a studio, then the expectations for that subsidiary is going to be much higher. Public companies are beholden to their stockholders, and if an indie studio who is now a subsidiary fails to meet those expectations that the larger corporation might set, even if it is successful uh, on some kind of scale... If it doesn't live up to what stockholders want, then it's not going to be a great outcome for that studio. And we've seen that a lot historically with companies like Microsoft and EA. However, now that we are in the early 2020s, I think we're seeing a lot of perspectives being changed on this. I think at this point we have seen too many studios being shut down because of their supposed ineffectiveness. Despite being a fairly successful studio before being acquired, that companies who are acquiring are starting to pick up on the fact that maybe they're the ones that are doing something wrong. I mean, obviously, Microsoft is the key standout here. They did horribly with so many of their subsidiaries, and now it seems like from all of the reports, they've gotten much better about things. Think about the comeback of Rare with Sea of Thieves or any of the other releases that have come from their recent acquisitions. And the other thing is that I think from, like, an optimistic point of view, I always just kind of hope that if somebody is acquired... Especially if it's a smaller studio, it means that the reason why it's happening is because the smaller studio could do with some new resources, some more resources, to really get more eyeballs on games that are very good. This has become especially prominent with the recent indie acquisitions. Grasshopper Manufacture, The Molasses Flood, Netflix picking up Night School Studio, right? I think the understanding of these studios is starting to change where, hey, they're making really good games. And if they just had a marketing budget, or if they just had more people or anything, then this is a game that could appeal to millions of people and be a greater success. They were just limited by production. And so that's where I just really hope that the identity of these studios and the expectations of these studios are consistent and remain as as everybody wants them to be. Because there's so many disappointing examples of this. I mean, a recent one is Activision Blizzard and Vicarious Visions, right? Vicarious Visions has been around for a very long time. And they started to get this reputation of, like, remastering good games. There's the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, 1 Plus 2, and they had done a ton of stuff before that. And now they're just kind of being merged into Blizzard as a miscellaneous team. And they're losing that creativity and, and the ability to make these really interesting games. But hey, anyway. This is all just from an outsider looking in. I'm sure many of you listening work in the game industry, and if you have any thoughts about any of this, I would love to hear it. It's always nerve-wracking to hear about an acquisition, and you just kind of have to hope that everything is going to be done well, right? Because when it does work well, and something like the Game Pass is made possible, well, you love to see it, right? Anyway, folks, that's all I have for today. Thanks so much for tuning in, it's greatly appreciated. I'll be back with another variety show tomorrow, back with the news on Monday, and until next time, happy gaming, everyone.